Hi everyone, it's Bob Tulio. Welcome to Automatic Merchandisers Vending and OCS Nation, the podcast for the convenience services industry. Today's topic, a woman of influence. How Sandy Schoenthaler walks the walk and has paved the way for others. Sandy is a 38-year industry veteran, including 25 years at Canteen, now one of the leading consultants in the micro-market industry. When Sandy's career really started rolling, there weren't too many women in the executive suite. Her success has certainly helped to move other women forward in our industry. I asked Sandy about the atmosphere when she first started out in the business. We went from a good old boys club in the vending, and I say that in a, in a very respectful way of as a young female coming up in this industry and going to these meetings, division meetings. And I remember one in Chicago, for instance, and there was several hundred people and I was the only female. Wow. So I was lucky enough to see the industry change and evolve. It was a, it was a great opportunity for me having a lot of success with the company and being able to be on the cutting edge and try a lot of new things. So, so you really got a chance to, as you say, get involved in a lot of different areas of the industry when you're working for Canteen for all these years. Absolutely. And back then, Canteen did food. Um, that was before the Eurest and the Levy and the Bon Appetit and all that. So um, I got involved in a lot of the Ford Motor Plant contracts around the Midwest that had Canteen food back then, So, which forced me also that, to decide to be go to culinary school. So mm. I believe in walk the walk and talk the talk, right? So I did so much stuff through NAMA on training, even so that when I could manage those people, they would have respect because we could walk the walk and talk the talk. To this day, just two weeks ago, I had an employee um, for a company I was working for in Houston challenge um, the amount of machines he was filling in a given day. And I said, here, give me your keys. And he looked at me and he goes, an old lady like you is going to do this? And I said, oh, I will run circles around you. And he, he just, I said, just sit and watch today. And it was, you know, just teaching them that basically organization and, and, and the mental mindset change. This is how it can be done. And this is how you can be successful and things like that. So it's been a changing industry, definitely. And it's been a privilege to be on a lot of the cut, cutting edge part of it. That's great. And so today, fast forwarding as a consultant and trainer, are you educating operators? Are you product focused? Are you sales focused? Or is it like, you know, kind of all of the above? You know, it's all of the above. And every place is different. Every operator is different. I help operators bid RFPs. I get operators. I just did one for a new company in New York yesterday doing his first market. And I did a PowerPoint presentation for him to go in and sell a market and spend some time on the phone educating him. I'll have operators say, hey, how do I get this done? And I'll get on a plane and it might be from start to finish. I will walk in. I'll sell the deal, sign the contract with them. It's a lot of times even help them write their cancellation letter for the other vendor and then measure the space. And we'll sit down with this new operator from start to finish the entire package, order the fixtures, order the technologies, coolers, set up databases, and then get there and install it all. And then not only am I training the operator on the back end and the front end, but then I'm training it, stay on site and train employees that have come from only having vending machines to this new concept and get them really excited about it. Sure. So it all depends. And then there's other operators that I'm just a comfort zone for them, right? They're like, yeah, I just got these two new pieces of business and they'll send me a picture of the space, the measurements and the name of the company. And I'll do the rest from there. I'll do the designs and order fixtures, order coolers, do anything and everything. I'm big on relationships. 
especially uh, these big distribution centers, these managers float around the country and move to different locations left and right. What I bring to the table is I am the keeper of the promises for whatever company it is. I don't go away after that install. I stay on top of watching their database, making sure they're not running out of products, changing their mins and maxes, still communicating with those clients to make sure we're fulfilling all the commitments that are made. It's, it's not unusual to get a call from like a Walmart DC manager that was maybe in Houston that just moved to Chicago and say, how do I get Sandy and what she does up here? And I say, Sandy gets on a plane, it makes it happen. So that's a, that's a fun part. And I'm fortunate enough being in the industry for so long, I know key operators and really good operators in every city. So I'll go get the piece of business and then I'll call them up and say, are you interested in this? Sure. So this could be ongoing support. It's not necessarily a, okay, let me show you how to get this done. And it's one and done. You often stick around for, for months as far yeah. as providing support for a vendor. Yeah, absolutely. I don't walk away. Um, that customer okay. and that relationship is valuable. And I always tell them they don't know what they don't know. Sure. And, um, you know, they don't understand a lot of it and they don't know it. So, yeah, um, for instance, one of the companies that I spend a lot of time helping grow is down in the Houston area and it's Empire Vending. And right when COVID hit, they had an opportunity to land their first market. And they called me up and I was in Dallas at the time. I came down and it was a Walmart DC, made it happen for them. That was their first market. Now, fast forward a couple years and we're at 150 for them. It really, it's fulfilling for me to see the success that these operators have. Quality organizations, I think, recognize the value of having an expert on board. They do. Believe it or not, I go to some of these corporate offices all the time and sit down with their leadership and try to, you know, help them learn. And again, they don't know what they don't know. And they're interested, but they don't know everything. And so I tell them, I said, well. And you've been recognized. You've won some awards in the industry. Tell us about that. Most recent was um, one of the most influential females, women in the right. industry, which was quite an honor because I didn't even know there was one until I got a phone call. And then to find out all the different people that I worked with over the years that wrote in. And that was really um, humbling, much gratified. But in the canteen world, I won several. I mean, I got a box and boxes of stuff, trophies and awards from canteen sure. over the years. But for me, I'm not a person that needs a pat on the back and needs to be told, oh, you're great, you're that. I get it internally from seeing success from other people that I've been involved with. Last week, I was in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Philadelphia, and Houston. So after 38 years in the business, you're not slowing down one bit, are you? Oh, not at all. And COVID really, as many operators know, COVID really went one way or the other for operators in the industry. If you were heavy in just vending and you had a lot of schools and public locations, you know, it was very crippling for a lot of companies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for somebody like me that focuses so much on more so the micro market part of it, my life went crazy busy for everybody around the country. Well, a lot of those big companies had cafeterias and they had to shut them down. Well, what's the solution? A micro market. You know, I've used all the technology platforms. I've used all the fixture platforms. But with 365, who is, is my preferred one, you don't have to touch anything. It's hands-free. It's using your phone, which everybody's comfortable with their phone. So I literally was going seven days a week around the clock trying to help these big companies find solutions. You know, like I say, it was a, it was a kind of a feast or famine. Those that were ready to jump on it really benefited from it. Tell us about your NAM experience. I've always been active in NAMA, and part of that is being a female and always wanting to pave the way. And then, I, you know, I'm active in the women's leadership. What suppliers do you work with most regularly and highly recommend? Do I have my favorites? Absolutely. Graphics that pop for fixtures is hands down. Because I firmly believe when you get a client 
that can customize and put their logos and there's there they've got ownership in that market you might make one or two mistakes here or there but they're not going to look to just kick you out and change you because that's their market and i sell it that way i'm like you can have whatever graphics you want this is your market and he's got a pusher system so everything presents perfectly because we all shop with our eyes and merchandising is a very key part of successful micro markets and i've worked with robert leva and believe me i we go at it like a work husband and wife a lot of times pushing each other always I've had him get on a plane and come to North Carolina for a new operator that I challenged a contract and said I can do what Canteen can do, but only better. And it was put in seven markets and two states and four cities in one day. And I did it. That's a, a great relationship there. And um, the other one is 365. Joe Hessling and I go back. <laughs> he introduced me when we were at the last NAMA to a group of people. And he goes, this woman and I go back to the beginning of time. And for a long time, um, earlier on in his career, I would fly out there every quarter and sit down with his development team and go over the wish board of customers that would call in and say, can we have this? Can you do that? And a lot of it was the technology was already there. The operators just didn't know how to get it. He would say, hey, can you go help this operator? And they would send me out to help these operators and operators that were not having success in micro markets because they weren't doing merchandising correct. They weren't controlling their inventories and things like that. And he'd say, here, here's some names of some operators. Can you go fix them? And it's amazing. You go out there and you get these guys and they under, you just do some more training and get them to understand it, that it's not vending without the box. The other one is White Bear Coffee Company. Pods has been a huge hit for coffee in our micro market. So working with Bill Barrett, who owns White Bear Coffee in the very beginning and saying, hey, I need a pod. So they have a great product. I push it all around the country and it's a great thing for a micro market operator because nobody's going to steal them. They don't have pod brewers at home. Right. So I would say in, in my experience right now, those three key players, 365 Graphics at Pop and White Bear Coffee are a huge part of the success that my operators are having. What about security? What are, where are you pointing people? I don't automatically put cameras in in the very beginning. Theft comes up first thing. It's the first thing they're scared of. What about theft? What do we do? Are we going to get a bill? And I say, here's how I look at it. If you have an employee that's willing to jeopardize their job for a candy bar or a drink, you probably have a bigger problem internally. And they always say, yes, we do. So what do we do? I say, I have a theft statement. And it basically says, we as a company are adding this micro market solution, 24-hour food service, as a benefit to our employees. However, we will not tolerate any theft or misuse of the system. It can and will result in termination and or prosecution. I say, put this on your letterhead. Address your teams of employees. Let them know how serious this is. You're adding this great benefit, but they, you're not going to tolerate any abuse. So when they do this and you have their buy-in and their partnership on it, you don't see the theft at the levels that I'm hearing people have, even with cameras right now. So a great example, I've got some huge distribution centers with anywhere from 3,000 to 10,000 employees. There's no cameras in them. Every employee that comes in that building, that document is part of their new hire package. They're also posted by the kiosks. And I don't have any theft because that company is involved in it. Buy-in by the company is critically important for sure. It is. Absolutely. Otherwise, the cameras are just, you can shoot a picture of somebody stealing something that you've paid to a monitoring company and you get all this, you send it over. It's only as good as the enforcement and the relationship you have on the other end. Do you think it's essential to make break rooms into destinations right now or is that concept a little overblown? No, I think it's a very important concept. And the reason being is 
foot traffic is what makes those micromarks successful. Statistics show that a person does not buy one item when they come in there. So let's get them in there. Let's sit them around. Let them have their cup of coffee. Let them chat. Let them have something to eat and drink. Make it a place that people want to be. Makes sense. What advice do you have for micromarket operators who are just getting into the business? Take the leap. I still, it's surprising to me still even now and then that I run into a an operator in different parts of the country that hasn't touched micro markets. And they're like, well, we're kind of afraid or what do we do next? And I'm like, oh Lord, just jump in and let me guide you through it. It's going to be a painless transition. You will absolutely love it. And as soon as they get into it and they see the, the benefit and the, the, the sales revenue increase, and I always tell them, if you're afraid, start with an existing vending account. That has the right demographic. They'll send me their list and I'm like, oh, this is a great one right here. Let's start there. You already have a relationship. People already know you. Let's go in and convert it over. And it's amazing. They'll call me after the first, oh my God, you wouldn't believe the sales. And I'm like, see, because you're giving them so many more options. But the biggest challenge is, is they have to change their merchandising mindset. They are such creatures of habit with a planogram. Every vending machine you walk up in, A1 is Doritos. You have to get out of that mindset. And I tell them it's all about the merchandising and giving options. And and I developed a pre-worksheet, pre-questionnaire worksheet. And I say, ask these questions when you're in the meetings. Asking the key questions gives you the right path to go down. What are your demographics? How important is promotion? It's huge. It really is. People want to think that they get something. And I always promote the app, for instance, um, through 365's pay app because they can track their purchases and everything's there all their spend goes into a like a bullet thing and all of a sudden you can redeem it and i always compare it to hey your grocery store your gas card you earn every time you spend something you earn rewards yep that's great is there a secret sauce for success in the micro market business i don't know if i would call it secret sauce <laughs> that's a good term though i like it again it comes down to ask the right questions Number one, it's going to determine if it is a micro market location because believe it or not, vending's not going to go away. There's still a lot of places that are going to be vending machines. They don't, micro market's not going to fit. And then use the right merchandising tools to put the right items in, the right fixtures, the right, use the best technology. Just give them the best bang for their money. Big bang for the buck. But I tell people all the time, if you're going to start somewhere, it's sit down with these key questions that I put together and ask the client these questions. It's just really take your blinders off, ask the right questions, and develop a custom market for for your people. And that's really the success of it, I think. If you walk around with your blinders on and you think you're a cookie-cutter company and everyone's going to be the same, they're not. You're going to fail. That's it for now. Coming up on Tuesday, September 26th, let's get serious about LinkedIn with Bryn Tillman the LinkedIn engagement expert. I like to call her the LinkedIn whisperer. Don't miss it. Be sure to subscribe so you will never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Bob Tulio.